This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. We're going to be in John chapter 1. I'm focusing on verses 1 through 5, but I just want to read all the way to, to verse 14. And it reads like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about that light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. And we ask that you will place this word in the depths of our heart and that you will cause it to bear, bear much fruit to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so our theme during this, this Advent series that we've been going through is... Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. And today we're going to zoom in, and the aspect of that that we want to focus on today is word and image. So what we've been doing is we've been connecting these dots using the Old Testament, going back to the creational narrative and then connecting it in Scripture in the New Testament and connecting it in today, right? So when you read the creation narrative in, in Genesis verses 1 through 26, we, we hear God speaking the words, let there be. You hear him speaking his word. He speaks the word in the creation narrative all the way through. You're looking through verses 1 through 26 and over and over again, you hear him say, let there, let there be. And then after he says, let there be, shortly after you hear, and it was so. Let there be, 
And it was so. Let there be light. Later on you hear, and it was so. He's speaking the word, and then later on, and it was so. Let there be trees and fruit on the planet, and he speak the word, and then later on, it's, and it was so. Trees sprouted out of ground, and, and they was bearing fruit on the planet. Let the earth bring forth animals. He speaks these words, and it was so. And he's speaking it over and over again. And then in verse 26, he gives the words, let us make man, he speaks these words, in our image. Word and image. Let us make man in our image. And then, instead of just letting man sprout out of the ground like animals and trees or just appear like suns and stars, he literally forms man into his image from the earth with his own hands and then imparts life into him with his own breath. Talking about word and image. This is the this is the creation narrative that we see inside of the Bible. That we see inside the book of, of Genesis. Now Moses is accredited with, with writing the book of Genesis. And the, and the interesting thing here that I feel that's important to this, this conversation today is, like, how could Moses write the details of events that happened way before he even existed? He wasn't looking at ancient manuscripts that was telling him this is how things went down. It wasn't... None of the Pharisees that was like, hey, Moses, here's these books that will tell you this went down, that went down. But yet Moses is talking about how the earth was created in and of itself. See, it's because all the time that Moses spent up in the mountain with God, And he comes down and he gives the people of God all this information. And God is relaying these things to Moses. And he's telling Moses how he created things. It's because God shared this information with him and told him to to write it down. But the question that's important for today is, why does God not just explain to Moses, like, yo, I created everything. And just spare him the details. Just like this, you just need to know I created everything. Just know this. Why is it so important to God that Moses not only knows that he created it all, but also how he created it all? 
Why is Mo- God is like Moses? Also, make sure you write this down. Not just that I created, but specifically I spoke the word, yeah. and the word took form. Specifically, I spoke the word. Make sure you write this down. I said, let there be. I gave words, and those words took form. They were embodied. God is really intentional with making sure this information about the word is included. As Pastor Aaron said last week, if we don't understand the big picture, we'll misunderstand what's going on throughout the narrative. See, during Advent, we we celebrate the incarnation, right? We celebrate God with us, the the, the coming of a Savior, and, 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 and we look at a specific moment in time centered around the birth of Christ. But this moment in time is connected to a narrative running before the beginning of time, leading past the end of time into eternity. We need to understand this is what's, what's happening here. This is what it's connected to. Colossians 1, 15-18 Paul writes, talking about Christ, this one that we celebrate, he says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones, dominions, rulers of authority, all things was created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In him, all things hold together. This is that same word that we're talking about. That word formed into image. Jesus is the word of God formed to image yesterday. Yesterday historically accurate, everything is out of the past, all of creation leading up to now. The same word of God formed into image during creation is the exact same word of God formed into the incarnation and yet still the exact same word of God for me and you and our everyday lives today. Yeah, exact same word of God. Hmm. It's called embodiment. Where the word takes form and you see a physical image and likeness. In Hebrews 1 verses 1 through 5, he says long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Yeah. 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, to whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Listen, we're talking about word and image. We're talking about the same word yesterday, today, and forever. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, when he says, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by our prophets. He's continuing this narrative. God spoke in creation when he, when he was bringing everything into, into, into form and, and into image. God spoke in the beginning and his words uh, took form and image. And then he continues to speak to his people through the prophets of old. And that's what you're like, God is still speaking. And he spoke to the prophets of old. And then in two, he said, but in the last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. In the last days, those words took form and image in Christ. I want you to track what, what's happening here, where we're going at. These words that, that are holding all things together. He said, through whom also he created the world. Yeah, like I said, God was intentional with Moses knowing this process. He wanted Moses to know the through whom, because the through whom was the how. This is important that you understand everything that's going on here. The word. Let there be the word that we, we have the opportunity to digest, the word that's living inside of us. Yes. Jesus, this word that's living yesterday, today, and forever. It says he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his, his nature. Word formed into his image. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Everything, planets in orbit, galaxies upholded by the, the, the power of the word of God. Moses needed to understand the power of his word. Same way that we need to understand the power of his word. He is the word holding everything together, even today. Even today. He is the word holding every single thing together, even today. Jesus is the word of God. Formed into the image, into image today for me and you. That's why the, the theme is yesterday, today, and forever, because sometimes we can just look at these realities as only historical. Yeah, that happened back then. He spoke the word and he created the planets and he even created us. 
And we can say, yeah, I get that. I believe that. I believe, I believe that that actually really did happen. And then we can swing to the other side and say, and I believe in the future hope of things to come, but disconnected from the present reality, though. It's easy for us to go there. It's easy for us to get to this place where it's like, all right, I believe that. It said, it said it happened. I believe it. And then skip the middle part and go to, all right, all right, I believe it'll probably happen sometime in the future. But, 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 but in life right now, in things going on right now, we, we, we struggle with it being disconnected from a present reality. We wrestle in and out. We go through some things sometimes. Is it true? Is it not? See, sometimes it's hard to see how his word is holding everything together even today. I get it inside of my head. You said it's going on, but sometimes it's hard to see how this word is holding everything together today. It's hard to see the embodiment now. Where is the word being formed into image now? Sometimes it's hard to see how his word is holding all things together when you're surrounded by so much brokenness. Really? Holding all things together? Let me show you all the things that look broken. These things are tangible to me. These things hurt. These things make me cry. These things keep me up at night. I'm looking at all the brokenness around me. Yeah, it's easy to look at them historically. And it's fun to say, look, in the future, but where is it now? So we get tossed to and fro, trying to convince ourselves. And at times we're like, where is he? Brokenness in our lives and in our, in our homes. Brokenness popping up in our news feeds. Things that break our hearts. Brokenness inside of our, our community. Brokenness. People that you know, that you love, that, that pass away and you see this brokenness. It doesn't make sense. And you're trying to add things together. And at that moment, it's hard to see God. It's hard to see the power of this word that's holding all things together. The word that God wanted to make sure Moses included was in the, that, that, that was all things was made through. Hard to see how the word's holding everything together, especially when everything seems to be falling apart. You ask the question, is this evidence of the inadequate nature of the word? Or evidence of the invisible nature of God? You see, there are certain aspects of God and his 
holding together of everything that's unseen or invisible at the moment. There is, there is. There's certain aspects of God and it's holding together of everything that's unseen and invisible at the moment. In Colossians 1 and 15, he describes him as invisible. We were looking at Colossians earlier, and in 16 he says he created both the the visible and the invisible. First Timothy calls him the the, the immortal king of ages and states that he's invisible. Uh Romans 1 and 20 says he has attributes that are invisible like his eternal power and his divine nature. These things are going on here. And oftentimes we we struggle with seeing the power and divine nature of the word of God because it's invisible at times. So I want to tell you, if you find yourself there, if you find yourself having these moments where you struggled with seeing God, know you're not crazy. No, you didn't lose it. There is an invisible aspect of him that sometimes you don't see. We just often come with the wrong conclusions, though. You see, in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what? Unseen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by things that do appear. That's, that's King James Version. In the ESV it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen has not made out, was not made out of things that were visible. You see, the visible testifies to the reality of the invisible. Right. We talked about Romans 1 and 24 minutes ago that talked about these aspects of God that, that are invisible. But I just want to read that text because he talks into it. He says, for, this, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Even though he says it's invisible, he says it was yet still clearly perceived. See, God often makes the invisible visible so that we have a testimony of his divine nature. See, it doesn't just stop there. When I just say, okay, it's invisible and it's unseen, but the thing is, what God does, he makes the unseen seen. He embodies his word so that you can connect the dots. He he makes himself tangible. It's not just the brokenness that's tangible. It's not just the pain that's tangible. His word is tangible. Hallelujah, sometimes it's it's invisible and you don't see him holding everything together. But there's these moments and times that he reveals himself that you are reminded that he's right there. Hallelujah, the same word that's from the beginning, going all the way throughout time, passing time and leading into forever. There's never a moment that he's not there, even if we don't see him. 
Now, I want to go to this, this section, this time, and um, I'm going to ask my, my sister to come up, my sister Karis to come up. You see, it's one thing to, to just talk about it and then preach about it and, and say, hey, this is, this is true. And I can preach about it day in and, and day out, right? It's one thing to just say, yo, his word is real today, but, but there's something about the testimony of the saints when it says, listen, listen, here's my life. Let me expose it to you. And as I expose it to you, you can see how the word of God is real inside of our life today. So that's why as we go through this, this, this series, each one of these times we're going to, to, to feature a, a, a time of not just me preaching or Aaron preaching, but you're hearing the words of, of your brothers and your sisters that are, that are testifying like this isn't just a historical thing. Here's the today you see because you see yesterday in scripture, but we're living in the today. And we need to be able to see the same word of God that's alive and well being formed into image today. So let me switch modes here. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to understand what we were, what we're doing, and 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 and, and why. So, what I I've known Karis for years, and I um, know a lot of her. Um, a story, and I asked her to come up here to share with us the type of thing that God has, has been doing. So how have you, right? I'm preaching about it, but how have you seen the word of God um, embodied or take form and image inside of your life? I feel your, your testimony will be encouraging to them. For sure. So um, my story kind of starts with um, I compared... Or I could relate to Paul, not that I am like Paul, but I could compare myself to Paul and feeling like um, when he talks about being a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Um, I grew up in the church. Uh, my entire life was church. Um, and I was a hall girl, uh, which meant I've got two other sisters. And our role was to be um, like the beacon of light in the church. Um, this massive pressure to feel like we needed to be perfect. Um, so I... Uh, grew up knowing um, knowing all the scriptures. I could recite it at any moment that you know I needed to. Um, I would go traveling to different churches to sing. Um, I, uh, I spoke over the pulpit. Um, when I was, I went witnessing door to door. I would knock and ask people if they knew Jesus and had doors slammed in my face also. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was leading the children's ministry and so I was confident in knowing what God's purpose was for me. I knew what my role was. I knew that I heard from him and that he, you know, heard me when I prayed. Um, and eventually everything kind of came crashing down. And it started with like a little crack where I started to think I was burning out from everything I was doing. And I was confident that I would never burn out. Like that's not something that a good Christian girl, you know, can do. So... Um, I stopped 
feeling like I was in tune with the Holy Spirit. I couldn't hear him anymore, and I couldn't hear God. I would miss things um, where I should have said this word, and I completely missed it and didn't see what was happening. Um, and my leaders, uh, people who I saw as my um, spiritual you know, uh, head in the faith, whatever you want to call it, um, started to take advantage of that position. And then it all came crashing down. And um, I started to wonder if people who worshiped God and people who were like me who worshiped scripture and uh, did all this thing for the kingdom, if they could live in such an unredeemed way, and if I myself, who um, was tirelessly doing his work, if I could be feeling confused and um, losing my clear-mindedness, if I was living in an unredeemed way, then like what was real? Um, and so what really happened is all my idols were shattered um, and people began to be people again. So that started this tailspin where I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was what. I couldn't hear God anymore. Um, all those scriptures that I memorized, they couldn't penetrate. Um, and I ended up, I stepped down from everything. I walked away and I just closed in on myself. And there was a low point when my um, sister, one of my sisters called me, um, and then uh, someone else who was my mentor brother in the faith called me within minutes of each other. And they were weeping on the phone over, you know, something they sensed about my soul's condition. I felt nothing. I was just numb. Um, and I couldn't care. Um, so one of the lessons that I had just finished teaching before I stepped down from everything was about the promises of God. And there's a lot of promises, and I tried to make them mean something to me again, but there was only one that kind of, like, I could only hold on to. And it was Philippians 1 and 6, which talks about um, he who started the work in you, he promises to finish it at the day of Jesus Christ. And so that's the only thing I could hold on to. Um, I knew that he who had started this work, he would finish it. Even if I didn't get to see the finishing, um, that was it for me. Um, um, I had gotten to the point where my prayers, I didn't have any fancy prayers left. It was just, God, I need help. And that's all I could say. And that was enough. That was enough for God. And um, he reminded me that no response didn't mean no God. Um, so even when I didn't hear him or feel him or uh, feel his guidance, I knew that he hadn't abandoned me. Um, my self-arrogance and righteousness, those idols were destroyed or are still being destroyed, I should say. Um, and I don't have this requirement to be strong and capable. Um, it allowed like me being humbled, let other people come alongside me as brothers and sisters instead of me being above them. Um, so while there's still so much that's sinful about me, um, I see that it's freeing um, to see my sin because it shows how much lovelier God is. Yeah. And I spent so much time not knowing how beautiful he was or that he was beautiful. Wow. Um, but he is. Yeah. And that's my story. So, like, just, like, hearing the story and knowing what um, God has been doing with you, in you, um, through you, like, there are, there are connecting points along the time in people's lives as, as, as God 
is moving and and and, and sometimes other people may find themselves in, in, in similar scenarios where you find yourself may have gone through different roads and things like that where they, they, they found themselves at this place where it's like they couldn't they couldn't hear God like you mentioned that that like even the scripture that you had had memorized wasn't 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 penetrating the heart and things like that. Um, <clears throat> but if you were to share at least like one connecting point along the way, what would it be? Yeah, so I know that like looking back over my life, I see certain events that um, or certain people that God put in my life that would lead up to healing. So there were things that I prayed to God for um, that I didn't know that what it actually looked like. So I prayed for community. Um, and there was, um, there was you who was preaching in my old church years ago about what church community actually looked like. And I thought that's what I wanted, but I didn't know what that really looked like. But it led up to um, the burnout that happened um, and the laying down of idols. And through all that pain, um, I was reminded of what I asked for. And so when it actually came, it, it was um, just evidence that God, like, he hears and he knows what you need. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue working. what one does we first of all thank you for like coming up and sharing I know that like it's not easy to come up and just like open yourself um up what what I want to say is as God continues to work inside of us and like if this if this word that we're studying this word that we're preaching from just becomes um fancy preaching points or just becomes interesting historical um, information and stuff, we miss it, right? This word that God formed into image is living and breathing and it's inside of our lives now, today. And every single moment, even what, what, what Karis has shared today, it's connected to a bigger narrative. Yeah. All those moments that she shares, moments of, 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 of going through these times and seasons and how events that God is using to connect dots, all these things is connected to the word of God that was before the beginning of creation, that formed the planet into existence, that took form and image in Christ, and then in our lives continue to take form and image in so many different ways. And the challenge for us today is to constantly slow down and think about how is God speaking his word in our lives today? And then what a way that we've seen those words be embodied inside of our lives. Because sometimes we can get so inundated with the brokenness around our lives that we skip over and look past some of those moments where God is, like, showing you him. As we get ready for communion, this same word that's from the beginning of time, this same word that's that's living inside of, 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 of your lives, inside of 
Kara's lives and, and is, is carrying her, her testimony, this exact same word is the same word of God that is leading us into forever. Yes. It's connected to eternity. Yes. The exact same word of God. It's not, a, it's not a different word. Same God yesterday, today, and forever. Same word, same truths. And as we come to the table today to take communion and to, to break bread I want you to contemplate the who. God wanted Moses to contemplate the who. I want you to contemplate who you are breaking bread with. That same word. Jesus sets the table for his peeps. And he says, this bread is his body that's, that's given for us and the juice represents his blood that's, that's, that's given for us. And as we are eating and we are partaking with him, this word of God that's living and breathing, and we are in fellowship with him, the same word that's present inside of the past, that's present today, and right now is present in the future, we fellowship with as we fellowship together. So as we get ready to come up for communion, I'm, I'm going to ask, Karis, I'm going to ask if you would give just a prayer, however God leads you, and then, and then after that we'll, we'll go into, into communion. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have um, become the image of your word, Lord. Not just yesterday, but you give us the power to live today. God, we hope in what we might not see because we know hope that's realized is not hope. Oh God, so we ask Lord that your spirit would be with us and live in us. Help us to trust you even when we cannot hear you or see you. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We thank you that we, um, we, that we can trust you and that we have, that we have a hope for what you will do in the future. God, we give you all glory and all praise and all honor because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.